It is an IU basketball-dominated podcast today as we have recruiting news with Noah Clowney. Uh, We have some fun announcements from IU basketball for what some of the stuff they're going to be doing this season, Uh, a secret basketball scrimmage, and then we're going to look at some storylines we're interested in as we kind of switch our focus to basketball. Also going to finish up the podcast with a little bit of football talk. So jam-packed episode for you guys today. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Tuesday, November 2nd. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your daily source for IU athletic news. Also want to thank you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked on Hoosiers. I'm your host, Jacob Rude. I'm joined, as always, on Tuesdays with Jared. Jared, bud, how are you doing today? Uh, My initial answer was going to be good, and then the more I thought about it, um, the more I thought about it, the more I thought about Saturday, uh, the more I thought about that disappointing IU soccer loss. Um, so I'm, I'm mediocre, but we'll settle for mediocre. We'll, we'll take those. (laughs) It was not a fun weekend for the Hoosiers against Maryland in general, uh, with both soccer and football losses that we talked about on Monday's episode. We have some more fun news as we start to look towards the basketball season. Uh, it's always, everybody's always optimistic heading into the season. So we won't have to work too hard to be optimistic about, this Hoosier basketball team. Like I said, we're going to talk Noah Clowney, who made his decision uh, for recruitment on Tuesday evening. Uh, IU's going to name their uh, some of the best games at Assembly Hall, so I thought we'd take a crack at some of our favorites. And then IU had a secret scrimmage with Belmont as well, so a lot to talk about. Before we jump into that, as always, you can subscribe to Locked on Hoosiers wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Uh, you can follow us at LO underscore Hoosiers on Twitter and at Locked on Hoosiers on Instagram. Noah Clowney, obviously today, I'm sure a lot of you heard today as we're recording this Monday, uh, made his decision. One of the last players that are recruits that Mike Woodson was targeting in the 2022 class, uh, he picks Alabama over Indiana were the two kind of predominant last teams or last programs um, in the race for him. A um, little bit of a surprise in the weeks leading up to it. It seemed like uh, Indiana was in the lead, but on Monday morning, things kind of began to switch to um, Alabama's favor. So they land Clowney, who is the 62nd ranked player in 247's composite rankings, the ninth ranked power forward. Um, leaves the Hoosiers without a ton of bigs in the 2022 class. Uh, do you really have any thoughts or, or where do you kind of stand on on missing out on Cla- Clowney and the 2022 class kind of being wrapped up now? Look, I'm not going to tell you it's a good thing that we missed out on a four-star recruit and a, a consensus top 100, top 75 guy. Uh, it's definitely not a good thing, but I don't think it's indicative of anything to come. I don't think there's, I mean, look, he's, he's not an in-state kid from South Carolina. If, you know, if this is an old, 
situation where we're worried about locking down the state or not what locking down the state. Um, so I, I'm not too concerned again, coming into the season, I'm still expecting a bunch of struggles. Um, obviously we have to fill out the big man depth chart, um, a little bit moving forward, certainly, um, you know, going into this season or next season, but I, I don't have too many issues with it. It, you know, look, he's a 16 year old kid. What the hell am I going to do? Criticize a 16 year old kid for, <laughs> for going to play college basketball where he wants. I mean, it's, does it, does it sting a little bit? Yes. Does it alter? Does it, does it change the trajectory of my day or the Indiana basketball program? I really don't think so. Yeah. We were talking beforehand before we started recruiting. I'm not someone that pays a ton of attention to recruiting in general. Uh, it's just kind of for some of the reasons you said it's a lot of teenage kids making decisions and who am I to really criticize them and whatnot. It's fun when we land someone, uh, but I'm not going to criticize anyone for going wherever their hearts desire at the time, uh, especially with the way the transfer portal is now. These kids can move about. That kind of raises my next point I was going to make. You mentioned that there's not a ton of depth at the forward position moving forward. Technically speaking, the eligibility is kind of wonky right now, obviously, with last season not counting, and and we have – Hoosiers have transfers coming in. I think, technically speaking, everybody on this IU team could come back next season. That's not going to happen. I can tell you that now. Um, but from an eligibility standpoint, everybody could, I would imagine a lot of these transfers, a handful of them are seniors. Uh, they're probably going to graduate and move on your Michael Durs, your Parker Stewart's is a red shirt senior guys like that are going to move on. It could be interesting to see if the Hoosiers dip into the transfer market again, to address maybe some of these front court issues. And I actually, uh, had somebody text me today. It was an interesting viewpoint. Do you think there's any benefit for Mike Woodson in the transfer market, kind of recruiting this kids, considering what he did with in the NBA and the off season and kind of recruiting free agents and things like that? I think it's an interesting angle to have. Um, I think it definitely makes his recruiting styles a little bit more versatile. Um, I don't necessarily think that that gives him an advantage, but again, I'm not an expert on on scouting. And look, it very it very well might. You know, Mike Woodson could very well walk into these kids' homes and just shove you know shove his resume on the ground and say, "Look at this. This is what I did in the pros. I coached pros. I know what it takes to be a pro. I think your son has the ability to to reach that level, and I can help him get there." Um, but whether that actually works is you know. It is up for debate and we won't find, we really won't find that out for at least another, you know, at least another year or two, how that works with his recruiting and and getting transfers. Um, But again, I don't think it, I don't think it hurts to be able to say that you have that on your resume. I just think the NBA experience in general has really helped him and I think it will continue, but you have to have the results to back it up. Uh, we saw Archie lane, a lot of top recruits and never have the results to back it up. And it ultimately didn't really matter. So he's going to have to prove himself on the court this season. As I said, that kind of wraps up the 2022 class, barring any last minute surprises. They're going to, it's going to be led by Jalen hood Shafina, who's the 
Um, number 20 recruit on 247 Sports. Uh, then you have Caleb Banks and CJ Gunn, uh, a four-star and a three-star recruit, respectively. So uh, still a lot of talent, but uh, it would have been nice to have Clowney to kind of wrap that up. Uh, interesting thing the Hoosiers are going to be doing this season, they announced um, last week, late last week, but they're going to honor 50 years of basketball at Assembly Hall with a countdown of some of the top men's and women's basketball games. They're going to announce one game per each home game, uh, culminating with senior night in early March. Just thought it'd be a little fun to kind of reminisce about some of our favorite uh, games at Assembly Hall. Obviously, I'm dis or I'm not allowing this game to be picked because there we go. Uh, because that's everybody's number one, the watch shot. Uh, so outside of the watch shot, are there any memorable uh, Assembly Hall games for you? Too many. I mean, look, you know how to put a smile on my face with this uh, with, with this topic. You knew that would brighten my day, and I appreciate you for that. Um, but so many come to mind. We got there. It's such a good time for Indiana basketball. Obviously, it wasn't at the time as we were walking in the door. We had no idea what we were, you know, what we were in for the next few years. Um, but two games really stand stand out. One was the Big Ten ACC Challenge against North Carolina, where we absolutely whooped them up and down the floor that game i mean that was that was that was when we knew like how good that team could really be i think that was the i think that was the number one team in the country year it might have been the year after yeah it was the number one team in the country yeah yeah so that that was that was awesome because that really set a strong tone for how good this team was going to be and how good this season could be um a, a short a close close second was uh number one I don't remember who was one or two, but it was us against Michigan in Assembly Hall. I think it was 2014, 2013, maybe. Um, that was the that was the depot dunk, the 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 missed dunk that would have brought Assembly Hall down. I I, I still contend that we would have rushed the court had he had that gone down. <laughs> I, I was in the building. I like I've never felt that kind of energy for just a normal basketball. What was basically a normal basketball play. But that was that was, other than the watch shot, that moment was the loudest that I've probably ever heard Assembly Hall in my in my time there. Um, so I, I got to go with those two. So I wrote down three games. Uh, it's not surprising that you named two of them. Uh, the that was number three IU versus number one Michigan State. That was 2013. Uh, IU wins that one. It was number one IU versus number 14 UNC, ran them off the court. I had a chance to go that game, and I did not. I was a responsible student. I had a test the next day, so I stayed home and studied, and I immediately regretted it. Uh, and then one other one I put on there just as a personal favorite. Uh, about three weeks after the watch shot, IU played Ohio State. It was during Christmas break. I had tickets to that game. It was number 13 IU versus number two Ohio State. Uh, IU wins that game. It featured one of my favorite plays ever with Depot stripping Aaron Kraft in the backcourt and slamming it home. And I thought, if not for the watch shot, that was the loudest I'd ever heard assembly. That place erupted. So I think it was back-to-back -back dunks by Depot um, after that strip and score. So there's so many. I know these were a lot of more recent ones, but I just thought it was fun. I would imagine that IU-Michigan game will be on there. Obviously, the IU-UK game will be on there. 
uh, there's a lot, a lot that we could go through and name that um, are going to be on that list throughout the years. The looking at this specific season, the Hoosiers kind of unofficially got started uh, over the weekend with a secret scrimmage that we'll talk about here shortly. First, though, need to talk about our friends at Prize Picks, the daily leader in college sports daily fantasy. Uh, they offer more props than anyone with players in every big five team or power five team and mid majors as well. Um, they offer every prop you could think of from yards to touchdowns, receptions, rushes, interceptions thrown, anything like that. All users who deposit today and use promo code locked on will receive a 100% instant match deposit up to $100. Um, they are giving you free money. Uh, you can pick two to five players uh, the way it works, and you pick their over-under, and you can win up to 10 times your entry. Price Picks allows mixed sports entries, uh, so you can do some basketball that we're talking about, football we talked about later. we'll talk about later, th- things like that. So don't hesitate. Check out pricepicks.com. Use promo code locked on or go to the app store. Download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Mentioned the secret scrimmage that the Hoosiers had uh, over the weekend. They faced Belmont at the KFC Yum Center in Louisville. Um, they, uh, there isn't a lot of details about the scrimmage, naturally. Um, but the Rick Bozich of um, – he's down in Louisville, a journalist down in Louisville, who tweeted out some stats. Uh, IU won by 11 points against a Belmont team that's going to be pretty good this season. They were pretty good last season. Um, B, I think Ken Palm has him top 75. Um, they made 11 of 11 free throws. They played 11 guys. IU went 8 of 23 from 3 and out-rebounded Belmont by 8. I don't know how much you care about secret scrimmages, but does anything jump out from that? Uh, no, nothing Nothing jumps out <laughs> at that. Uh, it makes me feel a little bit better knowing that Belmont is basically – I mean, look, Belmont is a perennial – I feel like they're pretty much a perennial tournament team. They're always good for a 14-15 seed. Um, so it makes me feel better that we beat them at least. Um but no, I'm not. I'm not going to take too much away from a secret scrimmage. Good that they won. Good that they got some, uh, you know, some tread on those tires, especially after last season. But I don't think there's. I don't think there's much to take away from you know an empty arena scrimmage against a borderline tournament team. And look, Belmont probably views it the same way as we do, but losing to a borderline tournament team. So I yeah. don't. I don't, uh, I don't think that there's too much to take away from that just yet but it's interesting to note and it's good again good to see that they're doing this you know before we get into the uh it's the nitty-gritty of the year yeah it was a midway point between their uh campus in nashville and in bloomington was louisville that's why the game was there and yeah there isn't a lot to take away if after the game sometime i believe on saturday Trace Jackson Davis just tweeted a series of smiley faces. I love a good cryptic tweet, so uh, I don't know if that was about uh, the basketball game. It might have been that McDonald's had some McDoubles or something. I don't know, but I love a good cryptic tweet. 
so shout out to him on that. And hopefully that meant he played well and uh, performed well as the team did because we're going to talk about some of our storylines we're going to be watching coming into the season. Uh, kind of go with some general thoughts as we start to really focus on this season. And honestly, I think any storyline for this season probably has to start with Trace. Um, All-American coming into the year. The first preseason AP All-American since Cody Zeller. How excited are you to watch Trace this season? I'm very excited. I love Trace. He's one of my favorite Hoosiers of recent past. Um, He could have very easily gone to the draft. He would not have gotten taken very high. Let's not get crazy, but... Um, You know, he could have very easily left, especially after losing his head coach who recruited him here. Didn't clearly has an affinity for the program, clearly believes in what Mark Jack or not Mark Jackson. Jesus. Jeez, I know. (laughs) Mike Woodson has sold him. So um, it it makes me feel better that the best player um, on last year's team who was not recruited by this head coach is staying, is buying in and seems to believe in what's going on a little bit. So that's, that's mostly what I'm excited. I'm happy about, but really excited to watch Trace Jackson Davis play basketball as always. Hopefully Mike gets him to play um, the way that he's meant to play and really live up to that preseason all American status. Yeah, by Trace's own admission, I think he said the the wording he uses, he had nine toes out the door, and Mike Woodson convinced him to stay. So you have to imagine he's fully all in, if that's the case. Uh, after that, I would say the next biggest thing is about Mike Woodson himself. We, have, we really have no idea if Mike Woodson's a good coach. Uh, we certainly have some things to go off of, the scrimmages in the Bahamas, um, that sounded like they went well. Some of the stuff he said, some of the stuff the players have said. What are your thoughts? I, I'll, I'll phrase it like this. What are your thoughts now on Mike Woodson versus when he was hired? Have they changed at all? Not really. And I have a take that I know you'll appreciate, but not like. Oh, good. Let's go. I, I know. Um, this feels a little Manchester United-y. Um, and and hear me out. I did not appreciate the process that we went through when we hired Mike Woodson. It felt from the very beginning that they were determined to go for an IU guy, someone to get IU back to its glory days, which obviously we all want, but get back to the roots, understand the culture of what IU basketball is. Um, that feels a lot like Manchester United, another fallen giant. Um, who hired a uh, to be their head coach, a club legend, someone who was brought in to restore the values um, and bring in, brought, usher in a new guard that's also kind of the old guard, and someone who would really maintain the club's traditions and and bring things back from the past. And it hasn't worked out great for them. Uh, That was kind of my whole issue, again, was really just the process with how we got to Mike Woodson. I don't really know enough about Mike Woodson, the college coach. Obviously, none of us do. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had had a good run in the pros. Not great, but certainly a good run. Was a respectable NBA head coach. And look, if, if 
we can judge by how good of NBA coaches Rick Pitino and John Calipari were and then went back to college and what they did after that, I think we'll be in really good shape because he was a better NBA coach than either of them. Um, but I, I, I still have a lot of reservations. I'm cautiously optimistic, as IU basketball tends to do to its fan base. Uh, cautiously optimistic. Again, don't love the process, but he's said all the right things and the team is saying all the right things, and it looks like they're doing all the right things. And before you get any game time in, that's really all you can judge it on. And if that's all I have to go on, I'm I'm happier now than I was back in, you know, when we made the hire. Yeah, I've certainly started to come around. I had a lot of the same um, hesitancies about this hire, just the way it was made, and just having absolutely no like sample size to work on. Like we have no idea if he's going to be good. Everything he's done so far seems good. So I'll one thing, uh, if there's anything else that you are looking forward to or a storyline you'll be watching for IU this season. Yeah. It's please God have any semblance of a system. I, I mean, <laughs> please, please. I can't, I, I, that was, and look, I was optimistic on the Archie hire. I was. I'll be the first to admit it. I was it. too. Yeah, I, I liked it, yeah. I have a lot of poorly aged tweets about, about the <laughs> Um, But, you know, by the end, it was it, there was just no real cohesion at all on either side of the ball. Um, and that that's really all I'm looking for. There wasn't a lot of fight by the end of last year. There just There just wasn't. They would lay down and die the second something went wrong. Um, so that, you know, the things I'll be looking for are really structure and actual coaching decisions. You know, I'd like to see timeouts utilized better, um, little more, little more willingness to substitute when things aren't going right, try to change things up and stop runs because Lord knows the last X amount of years, what is it? Four or five years. We just, when other teams go on a run, we've never had a way to stop it. We've just never had that belief, that system, something in place to stop that. Um, so those are the things I'll mostly be looking for. And again, just just positive signs. This year is not about making a tournament, not, not about making a Sweet 16. Obviously, all of that stuff would be great. No one would turn a blind eye to it. But just make me feel confident that we're going in the right direction. And again, everything from the preseason has led me to believe that we are, but it's very easy to say the right things. It's a lot harder in the heat of the bat in, in the heat of battle to do it. Yeah, it, that is a hundred percent. I stopped watching games last season because it was too hard to watch Archie ball and to, to sit through those games and to ultimately seemingly lose all of the close ones down the stretch it was just too much couldn't handle it uh even as much as i enjoyed watching trace i couldn't handle watching all those games so just have an aesthetically pleasing offense that's all i want uh just have something that is fun to watch and it certainly sounds like it'll be a much more modern kind of free-flowing offense this season so those are just some of the storylines we're looking forward to iu actually's first game is a week from tomorrow or today as you're listening to this, uh, next Tuesday, November 9th. So uh, Jared and I uh, won't be on that podcast together, but uh, there certainly we'll have some questions answered uh, in a week's time. But it'll be interesting to see um, how this, when this team finally gets on the floor, what they look like. Because 
there's such an unknown quantity right now. Uh, what is a known quantity, though, is that this Hoosier football team is done for, basically, at this point. Uh, after Saturday's loss, they're going to have to win out to get to a bowl game. We're going to talk a couple things about this football team to wrap up um, today's episode. But I need to warn you guys first to stop taking my betting advice because the last two weeks I have advised to take the under uh, against Ohio State and that Maryland game. And the defense just isn't showing up anymore. So uh, stop taking – fade Jacob. Uh, maybe that will make you some money. Uh, but if you guys are looking to fade my betting advice, head on over to Bet Online, where they remain your number one spot for basketball and football action this season. Uh, if you head on over to their updated desktop or mobile site today, sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit uh, just by using promo code Locked On. Whether it's NBA basketball, college basketball, NFL, college football, World Series is still going on. Uh, though it may be over soon. Um, NHL, whatever it is, Bet Online has you guys covered. Fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, Bet Online, where the game starts. Jared, I wanted to get your thoughts just on kind of either side of the ball here to wrap things up for the football team. Obviously, for those that missed it, lost 38-35 to Maryland over the weekend. Start offensively because that was shockingly the better side of the ball on the night. Uh, what, what do you think of uh, Donovan McCauley? Is there hope now with uh, with McCauley under center? Yeah, I actually feel good about McCauley. I feel good about him moving forward. Um, certainly the last, you know, uh, again, assuming Penix doesn't come back, I, I don't know if we have any updates on him, but um, I, I feel good about him for the last four weeks of the season, getting this experience for next year. And again, this is, we, you know, we could talk about winning, winning out, all, all we want. Um, not, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> Let's just be real. Uh, so it's all, it's all about next season. It's all about getting the pieces in place for next season, making McCauley comfortable in the offense. Um, I was, I was positive about what I saw from Nick Sheridan. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought, I thought he called a good game. I, I thought he called a good game. He protected his quarterback. Um, I, I mean, and the game plan was good on the, on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, there's some, some greater issues at hand, uh, now looking at the defense, um, what happened there and Jacob, I want to ask you something before you get into the defense. Cause I know you have thoughts on that. Um, are we sure Tom Allen's a good head coach? <laughs> are we, are we sure? I, I think we have to question some things. And look, I'm not saying fire him this offseason. I don't really care how bad the last four weeks are. He's earned enough trust to get into next season. But Jacob, this is this is bad, man. I mean, this is it, the, some coaching decisions are just horrific. The game management is just embarrassing. I, I mean, it's it's bad, man. I mean, I'm not worried about Tom Allen getting bought out by LSU anymore. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't go that far, but I will say the spotlight was on this program this season and they have absolutely fallen flat on their face and the coaching deserves to be criticized. I mean, it, it's time and time again. I know we talk a lot about the schedule, the quality of opponent and everything of that nature. Some of the mistakes, some of the shortcomings we've had this season 
I have to fall on the coaching. And this is ultimately going to be – this IU season is going to be remembered, but not for the way that we thought it was going to be remembered coming into the season. We spent that whole fall camp, those first weeks, talking about how this is the most excited we've been for IU football in since that Rose Bowl game in the 60s. Um, and here we are in beginning of November and the season's done. And we have four more weeks of um, of games left. Technically, the season's not done. They could win out, but it would require them to beat Michigan, who Bet Online has as a 19-and-a-half-point favorite. That's why we're saying the season's done. If you accept it now, you're going to have more time to where it won't hurt as much on Saturday. Um, defensively, though, you kind of mentioned it. Is this really – can you chalk it up to Taiwan Mullen and Reese Taylor not being there, arguably your top two cornerbacks? Because the run defense was good, but, man, they got absolutely diced up in the passing game for the second week in a row. Yeah, and I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's a schematic thing. Um, I don't know if – look, there is always the possibility, by the way, that they're just absolutely gassed from this yeah. season. I mean, they've been – I can't imagine there have been many teams with worse time of possession than Indiana football um, power five programs. So they look, it might just simply be that they're exhausted. They've carried this team for, you know, the better part of eight weeks. Um, and it's, it, it's disappointing to see, but it's not the most surprising thing. I guess the important thing is really just getting to the root of that. You know, is it, are they just tired? Is it, is it that simple? Is there an issue with the scheme? Because we've been yelling and hooting and hollering about Nick Sheridan for seven weeks up until this point. I mean, do we now need to turn our focus to the defensive side, you know, to the defensive coaching and say, look, something's not right there. Uh, I mean, so that's, there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of soul searching on this coaching staff um, for the next four weeks and throughout the off season. Um, I don't think it's as simple as, as Mullen being hurt and just not, not having all those bodies because they've played well without them, you know, with them in and out of the lineups due to injuries. I mean, I just, I, I don't know where to point. And that's probably the most frustrating thing is I don't know where to point that a, a I mean, we were talking coming into the season, top 10 defense, top 10 defense, top 10 defense. Throughout the first few weeks, we we said this looks like a top 10 defense. The point totals aren't there, but there's a lot of turnovers, a lot of short fields. Lot, you know, there were other factors that you could point to to say, look, there's reasons why we're giving up 35 points a game. It's because teams are averaging 40 yards of possession. <laughs> and it's, it's now, now I... You know, the offense, I wouldn't quite call it humming, but between the Michigan State game and and this and the Maryland game, they've done enough to be competitive and stay in the game. I, I just I don't know where to point, and that's the most frustrating thing. So two weeks ago before um, that Ohio State game, SP Plus had IU as a – I believe it was exactly 20th defensively after those two games are down to 41st um, they've plummeted. Yeah. I, I think these last four weeks are going to be a lot of just a lot of kind of prove it weeks for a lot of people. 
both on the field and on the sidelines. Um, Donovan McCauley needs to prove that he is the guy moving forward. That Maryland game was a huge step forward in that regard, and we're both really optimistic about him. Um, both these coordinators have some questions about them. Both are relatively inexperienced. Sheridan's only in his second year. We've certainly discussed his issues throughout the season. He, again, like you said, he, I thought, caught a really good game on Saturday. But Charlton Warren now is the one that we may need to start asking some questions about. You could overlook that Ohio State game because they're the best offense in the nation, I think. Uh, Maryland is not that. And they were an offense that had really been struggling. Um, so they were the SP plus has them 29th after this week. So even then a top 30 offense, you would expect the talent IU has, even without Taiwan Mullen, even without Reese Taylor, they performed well against Penn state and Michigan state without them. You saw what Michigan state did this weekend. You would expect them to be able to handle Maryland. So that's what it was so odd because the run defense was great. Um, the pass defense was horrid. So I don't know if it was a schematic issue. I don't know if it was a lot of guys playing that were out of their comfort zone, out of their depth, but um, it was frustrating. That That's the word I, I keep using just because the offense finally shows up and the defense is nowhere to be, nowhere to be found. But you can't really blame them because for, like you said, the better part of six, seven, eight weeks, the defense showed up and the offense was nowhere to be found. So um, in some sense, they they earned it, but it was just the timing of it could not have been worse because ultimately it probably costs IU a bowl game uh, with that loss on Saturday. They could win out. They win their last four games. They'll go to a bowl game, but that includes a Michigan game that I wouldn't. I am not optimistic. Michigan comes in with the number eighteen offense and the number eight defense, so uh, it's going to be rough sledding on Saturday, and it might be the final nail in the coffin for IU football this season. It'll be a frustrating way for this year to kind of play out because there's a lot of hope for this season. Want to thank you guys for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. We're going to be back on Wednesday to talk uh, maybe a little bit more football, kind of preview that Michigan game a bit. We'll be back Thursday with Tristan Jackson from the IDS to talk um, men's soccer, and he's the going to be the beat writer for IU basketball as well. So we'll talk men's soccer and basketball on Thursday, and then Friday we'll be back to – preview that IU Michigan game in full. So exciting week of stuff still planned. Um, make sure you guys leave a rating and review. If you haven't already really helps us out, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to the podcast, all that fun stuff. Uh, most importantly though, have a great Tuesday in LEO.